The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. We've talked a lot on the show about how the institutions will start to break if Donald Trump is, is, is elected. One thing I, I want to say that I'm starting to feel a little bit better about things. I, a couple of months ago, I was terrified that Donald Trump was going to be next president. Donald Trump keeps losing. You know, I'm, I'm shifting to E. Jean Carroll for a second. We watch him lose $93 million. We're going to watch him lose a civil case. We're going to watch him lose an election fraud case. We watched him lose for six years. We see him blubbering. Somehow in the last month or so, things have turned a little bit and this would be fascist that seemed to be on a fast track seems to be getting diverted a little bit. He's, he seems vulnerable in a way that he didn't yeah. months ago. You know, and I think it's a combination of us realizing 50 to 60% of the party is with them, you know, maybe 40% or not. Wasn't it striking in, in Iowa? We sat there talking yeah. about Iowa. And then a couple of days later, we realized that Republicans make up about a third of Iowa voters and only 14% of those 33%. Not 14% right. of the electorate, 14% of 33% of Iowans actually voted for Donald well, half of those, so 7% Yeah, even though the Well, E. Carroll has sent Donald Trump on his way to bankruptcy with the $90 million that he now owes E. Carroll as of tonight. The smallest debt that Donald Trump owes after a New York judge enters a judgment in a civil fraud case against Donald Trump in which the New York State Attorney General is sinking $370 million. And that's not all. Don't stop there. There are much bigger possible judgments coming. Washington, D.C. juries could make that New York number look small if they return verdicts against Donald Trump in the civil cases brought against him by 11 members of the House of Representatives. That's 11 plaintiffs who are suing Donald Trump for, in effect, threatening their lives on January 6th by sending his mob to the Capitol. There are also three police officers who are suing Donald Trump for the threats and injuries that they suffered on January 6th. Each one of those plaintiffs' cases, each one of them, could be getting hundreds of millions of dollars in the same Washington, D.C. courthouse where a civil jury returned a verdict of $148 million against Rudolph Giuliani for the defamation of two Georgia election workers, Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shay Moss. Donald Trump could be facing court orders to pay a billion dollars or more in the next few years. Donald Trump was always about strength, and he's looking weak. He looks weak. He, looks weak. he, he was shut up by Gene Carroll. But Donald, can you keep your mouth shut at this point? Of course, you, you're, he's in the corner. And he won't be able to. He keeps getting beat up. He has beat up Donald Trump. He's grumpy. He's soft. He's weak. He doesn't see me. My response to the authoritative in waiting is he looks real weak. Wow. Imagine my shock this morning when I woke up and learned that Donald Trump is finished. 
That's right, it's over. <laughs> the long and winding road. We're finally reaching the dead end for the bad orange man. He's got all these lawsuits. I, Joe Scarborough said that he got 7% of 33% of the vote in Iowa. It was horrible. A horrible showing in Iowa. And in the end, he's going to be he's going to have to pay a billion dollars at least. He is on the way to bankruptcy. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We really appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show every day at TrumpetDaily.com or at the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, or at LFA TV. That's LFA on rumble.com. That's every evening, every weekday evening that they replay the show. I failed to mention, I talked a little bit about some of the promotion work that's coming up here in uh, the next uh, many months. I failed to mention that uh, on Sunday, Rumble promoted our show from last uh, Wednesday. I think it's got nearly 95,000 views at the moment. So uh, we appreciate the promotion that Rumble has given the program and also uh, LFA TV, as I mentioned on yesterday's show. Uh, This year appears to be a really good year. Uh, A really good year for growth and uh, for expansion with respect to the Trumpet Daily. Uh, As for this particular show, we've got a lot to get to on today's program. We may have a continuous segment right through to the top of the hour. There's quite a lot packed into uh, the first segment here. So we'll see how that it goes. But here, here, they're really on the E. Jean Carroll case, this crackpot. You know, the case was, it's a defamation case. Nobody convicted Donald Trump of of sexual assault or rape. It's just comments that Trump made. She comes out with her book in 2019, 25, 26 years after the fact, never, ever made a complaint against Donald Trump. She puts it in her book to try to sell books. And then Donald Trump, while he's president, by the way, says that this woman is a complete and total whack job. Just like Les Moonves, the guy that headed up CBS. Uh, Evidently, he raped her too. About 12 or 15 or 19 people have raped this woman. This woman is a professional rape victim. That's who she is. And then she's making the rounds, yucking it up, laughing. And you've got all these comments underneath the, uh, the videos on Twitter. Some of them actual rape victims saying, uh, that's not how a rape victim, a survivor of rape, that's not how she, that's not how you behave. No, no. She's out there gloating. (laughs) We got $83 million coming in, Rachel. How are we going to spend this? And the the regime media, for their part, the corrupt, lawless regime media, they're just trotting her out like they did Michael Avenatti. They're walking themselves right into another trap, and they're going to be made to look like fools. That's the truth. These poor people, they're blinded by their rage. They're blinded by their pride. And here they are, going on and on. Like we haven't heard this one again. Trump is finished. Okay, whatever you say. (laughs) 
This is Andy McCarthy. He is no lover of Trump, that's for sure. I think he's almost in the never Trump category. He's talking about the New York jury in this uh, E. Jean Carroll case. It involved only defamation damages claims, not a sexual assault claim. The nub of the Carroll uh, case, in which a different New York jury awarded just $5 million, this one awarded $83 million. It says, fresh off that, the former president is now facing the near certainty that New York State Judge Arthur Engeron, there's another activist judge, uh, an elected progressive Democrat will enter a verdict against Trump in the neighborhood of $370 million sought by Letitia James. She campaigned on Get Trump, Letitia. It says here, look at what's happening. Trump's political enemies in New York's government are turning a victimless molehill into $370 million. And Trump's enemies in the media are suggesting that something along those otherworldly lines may be justified because of several paperwork issues. Truly Twilight Zone stuff. This is Andy McCarthy. No matter how you feel about Trump, why would anyone do business in New York if, there are, if these are the risks that you must run? Why would anybody want to do business in New York? Why would, why would the authorities in New York want to run off a successful real estate tycoon that, that literally changed the skyline in New York? This is E. Jean Carroll saying that she'll do anything to uh, ensure that Donald Trump doesn't become president. Clip four. Have you heard from Joe Biden's campaign arm about potentially campaigning against the former president, Donald Trump? No. Are you interested in doing so? Do anything I can. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd do anything I can to uh, to campaign against Trump. They're not even trying to conceal their true intentions here. It's a politically motivated hit job. It was in the book first to sell books. Then, as I told you yesterday, the New York State Legislature, they've got to come out with this law giving you a 12-month window in 2022. This coincided with Donald Trump's announcement to run for re-election or to run for another term in office. And then here she comes, backed by Reed Hoffman, the radical left-wing billionaire donor. He's also backed Nikki Haley's campaign. Anything to get Trump. And then this jury, then this radical activist judge, $83 million, I guess, with some other millions added to it, nearly $90 million. Yeah, Trump's going to be bankrupt before all of this is said and done. Listen to E. Jean Carroll. As she fantasizes about, first she fantasizes about rape. You can see her lawyers here in this picture or this footage. They're, they're basically saying, look, don't, don't, say, don't say rape is, uh, is something that, uh, you know, you, could, you really find sexy. Let's not get into that. Let's not get into the Law and, Order, Law and Order episode. Let's not get into the other 12 or 13 prominent elites that you say raped you. Just try to keep focused. Try to keep focused. You won the case at the district level. Let's just, uh, you know, let's show a little humility and move on. No, 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 no. There she is yucking it up about how she's going to spend the money with Rachel Maddow. And, of course, Rachel Maddow is there to play along. Of course. Of course. Clip three. You've talked about using some of 
Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, or- Rachel. Yes, only. I had such such great ideas for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing in France? (laughs) Very, very funny. Yeah, this uh, this is a rape survivor. This woman. This this woman, as Donald Trump said back in 2019, is a crackpot. He's never known her. He's never met her. She can't even remember when the rape happened. She doesn't even remember the year, the season. This happened sometime in the mid-1990s. And and the way that they treat her, it, it makes me think of Michael Avenatti. Remember how often he was going to be a presidential candidate, according to the regime media. I'm really liking the way this uh, this Michael Avenatti sounds. Look at how so easily they're duped by these narcissists, by these crackpots, by these deranged lunatics, and they bring. She's making all the rounds. She's on the morning shows. She's on the evening shows. And then you hear the very serious commentary. You know I. I was concerned a couple months ago, but uh, now I'm hopeful. Uh, Trump looks weak. Trump is finished. Isn't it astounding to see how many people are just duped? How many just go right along with this craziness, this this perversity, this upside-down world, this derangement syndrome? Look at, I mentioned Nikki Haley. Reed Hoffman backs her campaign, or at least was. Listen to what she has had to say about this E. Jean Carroll case in recent days. Clip five. I absolutely trust the jury, and I think that they made their decision based on the evidence. I think there have been politics played with prosecutors that have brought on some of these cases. I think there's been politics played even with the judges. But I do think American juries still get it right. Yeah, American juries in New York City and Washington, D.C., where they're, what, 80, 90% progressive, deep, dark blue cities. Of course, the juries get it right. You can't question the juries. So what is she going to say when this is overturned on appeal? What are they going to say at morning meltdown? What's Lawrence O'Donnell going to say when it's overturned on appeal? Is he going to go on and on about Trump being bankrupt? Byron York, he tweets this out. Trump lawyer says defense just learned that E. Jean Carroll judge was once a mentor to Carroll's lawyer. (laughs) He didn't recuse himself. I assume it's a a male judge. I don't know. The judge mentored E. Jean Carroll's attorney's spouse. There you go. They're all in bed with one another. And then they get up and they're all giddy. Trump's finished. Haven't heard that one before. We've been hearing that for seven years. And here he's, he's leading in every single poll. And Scarborough, Scarborough wakes up to tell you that Trump in Iowa, he got 7% of the 33%, not 7% of the total. I mean, we're talking about 2, 3% of the entirety of Iowa. That's all that he got. 
That's how they spin this. It says, this issue is particularly concerning since plaintiff's other lead counsel, Sean Crowley, served as Your Honor's law clerk and were previously advised that Your Honor co-officiated her wedding. <laughs> you can't make this up. You can, it's, like a, it's like a comedy hour. It's like a sitcom. It's like a Hollywood script. This is from uh, some of the filings in court. I forget the name of this judge that uh, happily communicated this $83 million verdict. It says, if you're, this is uh, Trump's attorneys, if your honor truly worked with Ms. Kaplan in any capacity, especially if there was a, a mentor-mentee relationship, that fact should have been disclosed before any case involving these parties was permitted to proceed forward. This issue is particularly concerning since plaintiff's other counsel, Sean Crowley, served as your honor's law clerk. And we were previously advised that your honor co-officiated her wedding. <laughs> then it talks about, you know, proceedings where you need to recuse yourself in the interest of, of being impartial. And it cites these, uh, these provisions or these statutes. Canon, additionally, Canon 3 of the Code of Conduct for U.S. Judges provides that a judge shall disqualify himself or herself in a proceeding in which the judge's impartiality might reasonably be questioned, including but not limited to instances in which, and here's the second one, I'll just jump ahead, the judge served as lawyer in the matter of uh, controversy or a lawyer with whom the judge previously practiced law served during such association as a lawyer concerning the matter. If that happens, then you're to recuse yourself. This is exactly what has happened. I mean, he's officiating weddings of these attorneys representing E. Jean Carroll. This is crazy. This is Banana Republic stuff. But they can't help themselves, can they? They always overstep their bounds. They always overcharge. You've seen it in every single case. We saw it in uh, our lawsuit, our litigation over Mystery of the Ages, the six-year battle. It's all recounted in this book, Raising the Ruins. This is available for free, no cost, no obligation. Just call the 800 number there at the bottom of your screen and request raising the ruins. I mean, we had our backs up against the wall. It truly was a David and, and Goliath story. We were David. Small, fledgling operation. A church with very few resources, very little income, going up, going up against this, this massive organization, the Worldwide Church of God, in the, the late 1990s. And my father was leading the way, basically saying, look, we're looking to God in faith. God's going to deliver us. God's going to give us the rights to Mystery of the Ages. I've got this book up here as well. This is what we went to court to fight for. The Worldwide Church of God owned the copyright to this book, and they were using the copyright to suppress this work. And we knew that was not lawful. I mean, that, that violated our constitutional rights. You can't just bury the truth. We see it as the truth. A lot of people that have read this book see it as the truth of God. And yet the people that took over for Herbert Armstrong, the man that wrote this book, that raised up the Worldwide Church of God, God did it through him. It was his church, his organization, his book. 
And the people that came along after he died said, all right, we're changing everything. We're going to destroy his doctrines, his teachings, his writings, his work, his everything, and just bury it and just keep anyone from ever seeing it ever, ever again. My father pointed us to some verses in Habakkuk. The, again, these two are covered in Raising the Ruins. If you don't have that book, call our operators today. But it says in Habakkuk 1 and verse 5, Behold, you among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. My father's explained in the New Throne of, uh, of David book how that this double wonder, that's the meaning in the Hebrew there, this double wonder has to do with a new stone and throne that God's preparing for Jesus Christ. Luke 1, verses 31 to 33 says that Jesus Christ was born to be king and that he's going to rule on the throne of David. This same throne that God established in the days of King David, God made a, a perpetual covenant with David and said this throne is going to exist for all eternity. God's preparing it even in these last days for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that second wonder of the double wonder has to do with the, the court case victory, the lawsuit victory over mystery of the ages. Yes, the Bible even talks about that, as, uh, as is explained in Raising the Ruins. Over in Habakkuk 2, the second chapter, verse 11, it says, For the stone shall cry out of the wall, and the beam out of the timber shall answer it. Here again, I'll leave it to you to study the New Throne of David book so that you can understand more deeply the significance of this prophecy. My father's called this verse the single greatest revelation that God's given the PCG. I can't get into all the details or the explanations with respect to this prophecy, but suffice it to say, I mean, if you get the New Throne of David book, Raising the Ruins, <laughs> Mystery of the Ages, that's quite a lot of reading, but... We offer it without cost or obligation. So add it to your library and chip away. Why not? What an education it will be. But if you go back to, you know, really when everything was coming to a head at the end of that six years of litigation, this is the, uh, the early part and the middle part of 2002 when we were going through all these final depositions. The Worldwide Church of God had said to the judge in court, hey, they never, they never even offered a license to us, or they, they never offered a, 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 made an offer for, for them to license this book. We're, we'll give the book to them. And they had made representations in court like that throughout. That, look, we, we own the copyright. They can't just come along and take our book. And we would say, well, they're trying to bury the book. And then they would say, no, 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 we're coming up with an annotated version or we're going to e-publish the book or we're going to do this or that. They lied, in other words. They lied. And we kept going back to the statement that Joseph Tkach Jr. made in his horrible book from 1997, Transformed by Truth, where he finally came out and admitted, yeah, we had an agenda from the very beginning. We just wanted to destroy, to dismantle and destroy everything that, that Herbert Armstrong was about. They admitted it. And before that book came out, we had been producing newspaper ads, calling them out on their lies. Early on in 1997, that was right at the beginning of this lawsuit over Mystery of the Ages. And then he comes out with his book, 
He's bragging about the, the transformation, really the destruction of the worldwide church of God that he presided over. And then in response to one of our ads, he includes this little footnote in the back of his book, Raising the Ruins, and uh, says that, look, we've got a Christian duty to keep this book out of print. <laughs> Listen to this. This is, uh, this is from, uh, if I can find it, I'm a little bit uh, out of place with my notes. Well, I'll look for it a little bit. I'll look for it a little bit later. In any event, he puts that in the book and basically says, you know, we're just trying to keep Mr. Armstrong's ideas and teachings out of uh, circulation. We don't, want, we don't want his teachings to ever see the, uh, the light of day, basically. So they got into that, uh, that lawsuit. They were feeling pretty good about themselves because we had lost at the appellate level in 2001. All through 2002, they were saying that my father was spreading misinformation, saying that we had, uh, you know, we had some options still and that we could fight this to the bitter end. And the council for the Worldwide Church of God would say, I don't know where, what he thinks is left. All that he's left to do is stand before the bar of justice and to, uh, to hear what he's going to have to pay for damages. And then they're going to have to pay our attorney's fees, they said. This is going to break them financially. They're going to go bankrupt. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that they were saying. And we kept moving along. Even as they were saying we were spreading disinformation, they called us behind the scenes. They called us up October 14th, 2002, and said, hey, would you want to just buy these copyrights? Well, first it was the copyright for Mystery of the Ages, but we had a counterclaim that we added to the mix a few years into the litigation, going after 18 other works by Herbert, Ar Herbert Armstrong. We had lots of options. We were exploring every legal option that we had to try to print and distribute Mr. Armstrong's material. I'm trying to give you like the seven-minute <laughs> Cliff Notes version of the story. Make sure you get mystery, sorry, Raising the Ruins so that you can study this more in, uh, in detail. In any event, they're saying they have no options. They've lost. They're going to pay us millions. And then behind closed doors, behind the scenes, they were calling us up saying, would you just pay us for these copyrights? We want to get out of this. And so we negotiated it down to what's, what's explained in Raising the Ruins, January 16th, 2003, the anniversary of Herbert Armstrong's death of all dates. They call up and say, yeah, we agree to those terms. We'll give you all of these works, Mystery of the Ages and the other 18 works, the Autobiography, Incredible Human Potential, the U.S. and Britain in Prophecy, the Correspondence Course, all of it. And of course, we have all of it and we make it available to you. For free, no cost, no obligation. Well, we drew up the terms of the settlement after January 6, 2003, and early in March, they came out with uh, paragraph 11 in the, the settlement, in the settlement document, saying that uh, they've got to, they being us, we've got to return all the discovery material, we've got to destroy all the depositions, we've basically got to destroy the record, the record of this six years of litigation get rid of all the internal memos and letters and everything that they had to turn over to us as we made our case. And we said, no way, no way, because in addition to those 18 works, in addition to Mystery of the Ages, we're also going to write a book, a book that became Raising the Ruins, and it's going to be based upon all of this discovery that you handed over to us, that you gave to us in this litigation, and we're going to expose you. We're going to expose all the lies. We're going to expose the deceit. 
And so here we were. According to their, their counsel, we had no options. All that we had left was to stand before a judge and to hear the penalty that we were going to have to pay. And yet in the midst of those settlement negotiations, we said to them, paragraph 11, we're not, that's not going to fly. We'll, we'll prepare to go right back into court. And within a half hour, they responded to us and said, okay, you can have the discovery. They just wanted to get out of it. My father said in a, in a program, this was from back in 2009, he said, I feel like God led them into this masterful trap. And they, they realized they were going to be exposed and they couldn't get out of it. And so they just did everything that they could to settle, to settle behind the scenes and to quietly go away. This is what my father said back in 2009. Personally, I feel like God set a masterful trap and just kind of lured them into it slowly at the start. But with each passing year, there were more documents turned over. There was more testimony that had to be given. And then in the process, more contradictions that we were discovering. And in fact, more lies that were being exposed. And it wasn't until toward the end of that six years, I think, that they realized that they were trapped and they knew that they were going to be exposed. They realized they were trapped. How much longer will it be before these deranged commentators on TV realize, well, I mean, already look at how Fannie Willis is being exposed. Letitia James fraud. Alvin Bragg, a fraud. E. Jean Carroll, <laughs> frog on, a fraud. Frog, not a frog. A fraud on steroids. I mean, it's crazy. Is God leading them into a trap? <laughs> Seems like they're already in the midst of it. It's laughable. And it's, of course, tragically sad as well. E. Jean Carroll is just the latest iteration of the Michael Avenatti, pin all of our hopes on him. He's the next presidential candidate. And then he's going off to prison for 25 years. Okay, well, we'll just move on to the next fraud. This is a, a montage. This was back when Fannie Willis, she's the one presiding over the Georgia Rico case. And it wasn't enough for her to just go after Trump. She had to go after Trump and also, I think, 18 of Trump's associates. I mean, just cast the net out there like Jack Smith. Go after all of the protesters on January 6th. Just get them all. Let's put them all behind bars. They can't help themselves, can they? It wasn't enough for Fannie just to go after Trump. Trump's attorneys, they didn't go after Fannie Willis's shady background. It was the attorneys of some other guy, one of the 18. What's He's not even connected to Trump. That's what's amazing in this. And yet you go back to the start, and I mean, Scarborough and company were there to tell you, Fanny's bringing it. I mean, she has got the goods on Donald Trump. Trump is going down. Trump's finished. This is clip 10. 
I have great respect for Fonnie Wilson, what she did up there in Georgia. This is a tour de force. Jack Smith's indictment was built for speed. Fonnie Willis's uh, was far different. I mean, his was a tactical strike on MAGA. Uh, hers was carpet bombing them into smithereens. It's shock and awe. Uh, indicting 19 people in 98 pages and 41 counts and 161 overt acts. I mean, what this tells me is, think about just for perspective, Jack Smith has thus far charged one person, named six co-conspirators. That's for the nationwide scheme. Fonnie Willis is now going to indict over a dozen people for Georgia alone. But the strong black women standing up to Donald Trump is something to behold. Fonnie Willis has a reputation of bringing the smoke. Uh, If I were advising the Trump team, which of course I am not, I would say the more that you try and intimidate her, the more she is going to dig in and will be determined uh, to get the outcome that she is is set on getting in this case. Donald Trump doesn't deal with black women very well. I've mentioned Mm. that a few times over on the the network. You know, he's had trouble with Yamiche. He's had trouble with our own Abby Phillip. Um, And now he's going up against Fonnie. And I think that uh, the way that she has postured herself and shown that she is not going to back down from him and shown that this isn't a partisan battle, this is a fight of right and wrong and accountability, is something that Donald Trump's probably not going to take very well. It is historical that a southern state, Georgia, has stepped up behind D.A. Fonnie Willis, who has simply gone where the facts have led her. This is not partisan. This is not anyone, you know, attacking this man. This is him being held accountable. And so now I am just so proud to be in Georgia right now. I am proud that D.A. Willis has set her ego aside. She is not concerned about uh, the aspersions being cast towards her. This man got on social media and, and said that she was sleeping with a gang member. There is no low. There is it's nothing too low for him. Last week, uh, a judge unsealed the details of Fannie Willis's affair with uh, the, prosec- the prosecutor that she hired to get Trump. And then the divorce proceedings and all that that ensued with respect to that prosecutor and his wife, which he just dumped, left her high and dry, and then started traveling the world with Fannie. These revelations have all been made known just in the last week or two. It's from the New York Post. Lawyers for Wade's, that's the prosecutor, Fanny's lover. Lawyers for Wade's wife of 26 years, Jocelyn Wade, state he has deliberately hid his true earnings, totaling almost 700000 for his work as special prosecutor Uh, from her in an attempt to avoid paying her fair share in their divorce. Isn't that a nice human being? He makes almost a million dollars and he conceals it from his wife of 27 years because he doesn't want to give her one penny? Wade had initially filed for divorce a day after he was made special prosecutor. A day after Fannie hired him, he files for divorce. And then, of course, he wants all of the divorce filings sealed. Just like the Worldwide Church of God wanted all of the discovery destroyed. Let's destroy the record. Let's not let the public ever see this. This is the way the devil operates. Listen, the devil hates more than anything else. The devil hates being exposed. This is why these these talking heads in the regime media are so stupid. They're just blinded by their rage. 
I mean, she's up there talking with Anderson Cooper about how sexy rape is, and his producers are in his ear saying, cut away to a commercial, cut away to a commercial. This is E. Jean Carroll. And now she's making another round. With the morning shows, with the evening shows. It's right out of the Michael Avenatti playbook. It's exactly the way the devil operates. He's so arrogant. He's so overconfident. He just throws the net over everything and says, we're going to get him. We're not going to get just him. We're going to get the whole movement. Well, and then everyone in that movement, they have to get attorneys as well. A lot of them, the Jan Sixers, they have low-level you know, public defenders that really aren't there helping them out. But there's a few, there's a few that actually have the means, like Donald Trump, that actually have the means to get a decent attorney like the January 6th protester that says, hey, hang on a second. You're using a statute that applied to this financial whatever and, and you're trying to lump the January 6th protesters into that one? That's, made it, that's not even related to Trump. It's made it all the way up to the Supreme Court and it could derail Jack Smith's indictment and lawsuit against Donald Trump. This is Satan's downfall every time. He's blinded by his pride. He's blinded by his arrogance. He can't see. That's the way it is for a self-righteous individual, a self-righteous being. They think self is right no matter what the evidence says all around them. Here comes this guy accused in the RICO case. He's not part of the Trump case gets some good attorneys and says, uh, these attorneys come forward and say, uh, Your Honor, I think uh, there's some pretty big corruption going on here from the attorneys coming after Donald Trump. <laughs> then the, div- the, the divorce court judge releases the, the papers and more and more is exposed. And you see the kind of people that are actually going after Trump, blinded by their rage, it says here, Wade had initially filed for divorce the day after he was made special prosecutor, then immediately asked for the documents to be sealed. Of course, you gotta hide it. They immediately ask for the documents to be sealed. As soon as we come into the settlement negotiations with the Worldwide Church of God, they immediately asked for the discovery documents to be sealed or destroyed. It says at an emergency hearing in the Cobb County in Cobb County on Monday, Judge Henry Thompson decided the case should be available to the public. No, no. This, I mean, this is high profile. You want to drag Donald Trump through the mud? Well, hey, you better answer for your crimes. You better answer for all of these shady dealings. Documents released from the file show repeated attempts by Wade to avoid disclosing his earnings, leading the court to order him to hand over bank statements to his wife's legal team. Jocelyn's attorneys then accused Wade of leaving her destitute while spending lavishly, including on vacations with Willis, spending over $1,600 for flights to San Francisco in April of 2023. That's just just nine months ago. This affair has been going on even as they've been out there. Get Trump. Uh, We're going to get Trump. I mean, this man's evil. He's Hitler. Nine months ago. We're flying, flying around the world on the taxpayer's dime, the taxpayer in Georgia, 
It says here, 1200 on travel for them and Willis. Willis is a mother to Miami in October of 2022. Well, it's like Fanny's part of the family, part of the Wade family now. Taking Wade and the mom and, yeah, big family trips on the taxpayer's dime. Other credit card charges run up by Wade revealed by his wife's lawyers included over $2,500 charged by Royal Caribbean Cruises around the same time as the flights to Miami were purchased and $3,835 with the company called Vacation Express. Wade also splashed out another $992 on the Freedom of the Seas, a cruise liner which travels between Florida and the Caribbean. It's, it's, if it weren't so sad and tragic, you just would be here laughing. Is this really going on? Are these really distinguished prosecutors? E. Jean Carroll is a rape victim. And she's laughing about buying fishing poles and penthouses with her $83 million win at the district level. What happens when that's overturned? Does the regime media come back and say, you know what, we've got to eat some crow here. We're really uh, sorry that we overstepped our bounds. We're sorry that we were all but cheering like cheerleaders, like little, little teenage cheerleaders on TV at Donald Trump's bankruptcy, at Donald Trump's demise. He also spent $370 at the Hyatt Regency in Aruba on November 4th and paid over 3000 to Norwegian Cruise Lines on November 6th, although the credit card statement offers no, no proof Willis was with Wade when those purchases were made. This man's living large. Oh, yes. And so is Fanny. It says here, Hastings also noted in a filing, also noted a filing by Willis last week was the first time the false claim that Jocelyn had an affair with Nathan's friend effectively ending the marriage in 2017 had been made. That clearly demonstrates she has a unique personal knowledge, she added. Last week, the Georgia State Senate voted to, uh, to establish a committee to investigate all this corruption. So there you go. Fanny didn't go after Trump. Just, she didn't just go after Trump. She went after 18 others as well as part of this broad sweep to just get them all. Listen, we're coming in. It's high noon. We're going to shoot them all up. And then one of, these, uh, one of these defendants says, or at least his attorney says, listen, this is a shady and corrupt prosecutor. And we're going to dig into her past. We're going to see what she's been up to as part of this Get Trump movement. This is from The Hill. The Georgia State Senate voted Friday to create a special committee to investigate Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis after Republican senators said she, she misspent tax dollars in her criminal prosecution of former President Donald Trump. There's criminal behavior that's gone on here. There's criminal behavior that's being, that's being uncovered. Even as they go after Donald Trump, even as they get up this morning and tell you, I think Trump's finished, yeah. He looks weak. He really, really, really looks weak. This comes from a playbook that we've seen over and over again. For three years, 
For three years, they went after Donald Trump with the Mueller investigation. And it wasn't just a, an investigation to get Trump. That was part of it. It was also, part of the investigation was to cover up their own evil. To cover up their own tracks. And for three years, I mean, every third or fourth word coming out of Scarborough's mouth, Mueller, 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 Mueller. Mueller is such, I mean, he is a reputable prosecutor, investigator. He comes from a distinguished background. And it went on for three years. And what did they find? Nothing. No Trump-Russia collusion. And then they bring Mueller before that committee. How can you forget? We had been waiting to hear from Mueller for years. And Mueller sits down before the committee and looks like a complete and total fool. Even the most basic questions that these people ask him, the congressional, I can't remember if it was House of Representatives or the Senate. I think it was probably both. Even the most basic question, I don't know. I, I have no recollection. I, I'm not real sure. Well, it says it in your report on page 45. Yeah, well, uh, I'd have to look into that. He didn't know anything about his own investigation. Because we find out later, of course, we found out really during, that his pit bull was Weissman. And he is a never-Trump hater. He hates him some Trump. That's why MSNBC hired him after the fact. Now he's a distinguished analyst. He's there to tell you the significance of all these court cases and how that Trump's going to go bankrupt. Trump's finished. Trump's never coming back. You talk about a wide swath. <laughs> I mean, Mueller had some latitude like you wouldn't believe, and they couldn't find anything on Trump. And then we get to the end of it all and find out that he's, he's just a dupe, like so many others, like so many in the regime media. Here again, another classic case of the devil just overstepping his bounds. I mean, not that the devil is constricted by any bounds. He's deranged. He's a lunatic. And so many of these people that just go along with these lies and this deception, look at the fools that they put up on display. Look at the fools that they try to promote. If, if Fannie had only indicted Trump, chances are Trump's attorneys would have never looked into Fannie. They, they never would have looked into what's wrong with Fannie. Maybe, maybe Trump's attorneys are seeing some of these cases, the January 6th protester with the Jack Smith case, or the, the lawyers representing the, the guy, one of the 18, also just sort of swept into the RICO case. Maybe Trump's attorneys are looking at this saying, uh, you know, we could probably learn a thing or two about the way some of these other cases with other attorneys are actually going after these deranged prosecutors. They're actually fighting back with some offensive warfare. And it's turning out to be it's turning out to be fairly successful. There's some, some cases still pending, I suppose. But how is Fannie going to go forward with her get Trump case when she's guilty, allegedly, of all of these crimes? Misspending, taxpayer funding. 
we'll see how it plays out. Going back to the Mystery of the Ages case, <laughs> all of this is recounted in uh, Rays in the Ruins. This was the bit in my notes that I couldn't find earlier. But as I say, we had our defense and we were calling them out with very public, very public display ads in the Wall Street Journal and some of these other publications back in the, the early 2000s. We wanted the public to know the truth. We wanted to expose their lies and their deception. So Joseph Decatur Jr., he sees those ads, it angered him. He comes out with his book, Transformed by Truth, and then he includes this footnote in uh, his book in 1997. He says, in February 1997, we filed suit against the Philadelphia Church of God, one of our splinter groups, headquartered in Edmond, Oklahoma, to block the republication of Mystery of the Ages. He says, the Worldwide Church of God still holds the copyright to this book, and we contend that no one else has, uh, has the right to publish it. That's where he should have stopped. They did own the copyright. And when you own the copyright, according to U.S. law, I mean, you, no one else has the right to publish your work. It's yours. It belongs to you. But he couldn't help himself. He wouldn't stop right there. He continued... We feel it is our Christian duty to keep this book out of print. They, had a, they were using the copyright, in other words, to censor a message, to bury a message, to prevent people from reading a book. We feel it is our Christian duty to keep this book out of print. Not because we, and then it quotes us. He, he's even quoting our ads in his footnote, not because we recognize the power and the clarity of Mr. Armstrong's vision or because our church lacks confidence in the appeal of its own muddled and compromised approach as an advertisement for the Philadelphia Church of God claims, but because we believe, we believe Mr. Armstrong's doctrinal errors are better left out of circulation. And so when we got deep into the six years of litigation and Worldwide Church of God attorneys would stand before judges and say, Your Honor, we own the copyright and we've got big plans for Mystery of the Ages. We're working on an annotated version, even as we speak. Your Honor, we own the copyright of Mystery of the Ages. And listen, we're open to licensing these works to the Philadelphia Church of God. They've never made an offer. How can this be, Your Honor? Your Honor, we own the copyright to Mystery of the Ages, and we, we might even e-publish this book so that PCG members can have access to said works. And every time that they said that, in a court of law, we said, Your Honor, they have a Christian duty to keep these works out of print. They have a Christian duty to keep Mr. Armstrong's writings out of circulation. Says it right there in Joe DeConch Jr.'s book. And so God reeled them in, didn't he? He sure did. All the way through the district level with Judge Letts, then the, 
the appeal in 2001. We submitted our petition to the Supreme Court in 2002. They didn't take it up. Shamefully, they didn't take it up. And then we're preparing for the damages trial. And the WCG attorneys were out there gloating, saying the PCG has no recourse. They have nothing left to do except for to stand before the bar of justice and to be told how much they're going to have to pay. And this could bankrupt them. They're finished. They are finished. And then October 14 comes around, 2002, and they say, listen, can you just give us some money and we'll give you all these copyrights and we'll let it be over? And then we reach the agreement, January 16, 2003, and they say, great, we'll give you all the works, but oh, by the way, you've got to give us back the discovery because we don't want that to ever see, we want that to be sealed. We want that to be covered. We want that to be buried. We have a Christian duty to bury that. And we said, nope. No, we've, we want the writings of Mr. Armstrong, and we want all the discovery as well, because we're going to write a book that exposes your deceit, your treachery, your duplicity, that exposes this massive betrayal that happened in the Worldwide Church of God immediately after Herbert Armstrong died back in January 16th of 1986. It's, uh, again, quite a story. And through it all and through some of the things we're seeing in our nation today, you see, again, you see what leads to the devil getting crushed. (laughs) It's this kind of of prideful, overconfident thinking. In the Overcomer booklet, my father says this, it's an, it is awfully difficult if you are self-righteous to see self-righteousness in anybody else, let alone in yourself. Satan the devil could not even detect it in Job. He tried to find problems with Job and he couldn't. That's because Satan is self-righteous. Sin makes you blind. You can't see the whole picture. Why did they make those comments? Just blind rage. And they set themselves up. They walked into, as my father said, with respect to the Worldwide Church of God, they walked into a masterful trap. We're a little over time. We've got to cut it off right there. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show. Uh, You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is The Trumpet Daily. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.